Hi, friends. Welcome to the Church Anywhere Discipleship Podcast, a podcast all about helping you take one step closer to Jesus every day through questions and conversations. Today, as this is our very first episode of the podcast, of course, we need to have a conversation with Tyler Sanson, lead pastor of First Capital Christian Church and Church Anywhere. Tyler has been on the forefront of digital ministry for the last several years, speaking at conferences and helping hundreds of churches take their first steps into the digital world. This experience puts him in a really good position to lead the church as we go into the future. It's a really great conversation filled with stories and personal experiences of taking steps closer to Jesus. So this is the first episode. Let's jump into that conversation. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast, on uh, the first one that we're trying out and seeing how podcasts work. Uh, I've really just enjoyed the process so far. Um, And Tyler, talk us through a little bit about your journey um, up to this point. I would even love to go a little bit further. Um, Tell us about uh, your story with Jesus, how you have gotten uh, into a relationship with him, all that sort of good stuff, and then talk to us after that about uh, kind of your work in the church over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, I grew up in the church. So I was every Sunday, we went to church to my grandma's house afterwards to um, eat with the whole family. That was, that was our Sunday routine. And I was baptized when I was six years old. Um, so that was pretty early in my life. And I think I understood like what Jesus did on the cross. I, I think I understood and for the most part what I was doing. I didn't understand that it was like an all-in thing. Um, so I knew that Jesus had saved me. I'm not sure that I realized at six I was committing my life to following him. Uh, and my faith didn't really become super real until like right after high school. Um, and then really shortly after that, um, after I decided to like really go all-in is when I started in ministry. Um, so I, I came to work at First Capital as a worship guy when I was 19. And, uh, didn't know anything about ministry at that point. I just knew that I could sing on a stage and, um, I wanted to, to work for God. Hmm. So that was how I got into ministry, came to First Capital at 19, left about three years later, um, to go to another church, uh, and, and lead worship. And it really felt like God was calling me out of worship ministry. Uh, and then I came back to First Capital and we started Church Anywhere. And that's been what I've been doing for the last, um, almost six years. And so um, now we're here and um, getting ready to transition into a, a new role within ministry. Tell us about that new role a little bit. Yeah. So as as of when you'll be listening to this podcast, whenever that is, uh, we'll be somewhere in a transition year between myself and our senior pastor, Randy Kirk, um, to where I will step into the lead pastor role and he's going to be in an instructor role for about a year. Um, and then after that, 2023, um, I'll be the lead pastor of First Capital Church Anywhere. Awesome. Um, with that, you've how you how you worded it. You you became really all in on Christ, and then very shortly after went into vocational ministry. ministry. Um, tell us a little bit about like at that time. How did you look at discipleship? How did you look at helping other people uh, take one step closer to Jesus every day at nineteen, and then now? Uh, how do you, how has that morphed? How has that uh, changed over the years? Yeah. At 19, even my understanding of worship was very consumeristic. It was like, what's the best product I can put out on the stage that people can consume? And then therefore they're going to be better at worshiping. Mm. 
um, which is like fault, faulty. Like you can pick holes in that immediately. Mm-hmm. But that was pretty much my philosophy of discipleship then as well. Like how can we put them in the most classes and have them learn the most things? Because at 19, like your entire life has been shaped by schooling. You, yeah. You've not experienced anything really outside of um, school, maybe some like odd jobs during summers in between school. But uh, so everything was like educational, consumeristic based. And that's not to knock that style of discipleship, but it's it's really uh, progressed into more of an uh, activated form of discipleship. I would I would think so. Um, more based around not only knowledge, but putting that knowledge into practice within your mm-hmm. life. I think that um, it's the whole faith without works. Yeah. Thing. Can you can you give us an example of what you mean by that? Of of maybe taking the knowledge piece that um, I think it. It is important to a sense, and then transferring that knowledge into uh, actual hands and feet of Jesus, action steps, sort of thing. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's one thing to read uh, like the um, like the stories of Jesus saying, "Well, uh, I never knew you because you didn't visit me in prison." Um, it's it's really cool to know that he's said things like that. Um, it's one thing to know that compared to actually going into a prison and being mm-hmm. in relationship with these prisoners. Uh, so that would be a way that um, I can describe that. Like probably four or five years ago um, when my wife and I started volunteering with basically as many marginalized people as we could, um, whether that was homeless people or uh, inmates or kids that didn't have parents or whatever, um, it really shaped it really put like life into the words that we would read in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So we knew the information, but like experiencing it firsthand brought the information to life within us. Yeah, coming face to face with uh, with scriptural truths and right. all that sort of stuff. Uh, that's really good. That's really cool. Um, you're a person who's always thinking about the future, always thinking about um, what's next for the church. What what are some things that need exploring? What uh, veins that. Uh, the church needs to tap into. Um, there's there's really two ways that I could ask this question. Um, it is uh, one way could be where do you see the church right now going in five years? And I think a better question would be is where do you want to see the church in five years, specifically with helping people take one step closer to Jesus every day, specifically through following him, specifically through discipleship? What would you want to see uh, in the church in the next five years? I think that we have experienced specifically in the last two years, uh, well, in the COVID years, <laughs> the COVID mm-hmm. era, um, we've done a, a pretty holistic PR damage to Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, at, like from an outsider, uh, from an uh, unbeliever perspective, we haven't done a whole lot to make the name of Jesus uh, known as this uh, wonderful, amazing name that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, we've really associated ourselves with things that the outside world doesn't want anything to do with. Yeah. You can see it statistically with the mass exodus of people that are like our age and, and even younger. Um, and I don't want that to continue. Yeah. But I think that the only solution to that is people, uh, well, activating their faith. Like if we're talking mm-hmm. about discipleship and what we just talked about, um, if people activate their faith and go out into their communities and show them who Jesus truly is by the way that they live their lives on a daily basis, not in a like display, look at me, what I'm doing, but in a, this is second nature because I am mm-hmm. so indwelled with the spirit that this is how I live. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what made the gospel irresistible in the first place. Right. Um, if we go back to that early church model of 
not being able to find flaws with the Christians, even though people hated them, they they couldn't deny that the way that they lived was just an amazing way of living. Hmm. If we could get back to that, I think five years from now, we'll start to see a, a culture shift um, in uh, in the way that people view Christians, yeah, I love, view Jesus. I love the term of activating your faith, and I just want to dig a little bit deeper on that. Um, what are some stories that you've seen, examples that you know of, of people that have gone from um, maybe just, you used the term consumer earlier, but uh, have gone from that consumer mindset to a person who has activated their faith in a, in a real and tangible way? Sure. Uh, just because of the nature of what we do at Church Anywhere, if you guys don't, if you're not familiar with it, you can Google Church Anywhere. There's lots of podcasts where we share these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of what we do and getting to go minister to marginalized people, there's like countless stories of this happening. Um, one off the top of my head that I can think of is a guy named Brad, who, when I met him, was uh, living in a, a trailer, relying on um, drugs and alcohol. Like he didn't even have electricity because he would use his electricity money to get high. Mm. Um, and we saw him come to Jesus, and then he never thought he had any leadership ability whatsoever, but um, some of our staff really saw potential in him, and we just said, hey, how, what would you feel like uh, if we asked you to go lead a, a prison microsite of Church Anywhere? Like, what if, what if you just went into prisons and shared your story with them? And he didn't feel equipped to do that mm-hmm. at all. Um, but to see where he went from just learning some facts about Jesus really early on in his faith— to putting him in a position where he's sharing the gospel with um, people that had a similar story to him. Oh, man, he's grown like exponentially in Mm -hmm. in four years from where he was to where he is now. And I don't think that would have happened without the activation part. I think he Mm -hmm. may have been stuck in the, I'm just going to learn some facts about Jesus and I'm going to come to church on the weekends, but I'm never going to put that into practice. Um, without that little nudge. Yeah, that mobilization that we see something in you that God has given you uh, for the good of the kingdom. I think that's really good. Uh, Talk to us a little bit. Uh, The last two years have been uh, something something special, something interesting. And through that, um, I'm sure you know the statistics of pastors who feel burnt out, pastors who um, feel like thrown in the towel. How have you... um, How have you... Uh, navigated the last two years? How have you taken steps closer to Jesus? How have you discipled yourself? Give us some tangible rhythms and habits that have been in your life. Yeah. The last two years have been extremely, uh, extremely difficult. This is not a part of the question that I was prepared for. But now <laughs> that you brought that up, it's been, uh, I, I can think of countless amount of times where I've been like, why, we can't, why can't we just get it? Like, yeah. why can't we just act like, like Jesus? Why can't the, the people on the outside see Jesus instead of what we post on social media or how we're behaving or whatever? Um, so there's been a couple things. Uh, with, directly with that part of, of uh, this dilemma in the last two years, um, being able to look upon other uh, faithful Christians and church leaders and realize like, hey, there are some, uh, there's some darkness within this. There's some bad apples, but there are also some people who are really all in for Jesus mm-hmm. that are sharing the gospel and lives are being changed. Um, we heard all about these like riots and, and things um, in 2020 uh, over the racial reconciliation stuff. What we rarely heard of, though, were uh, the people who are baptizing hundreds of people on the street um, who are not there to riot, but there to share Jesus mm-hmm. with these people. Um, I got to talk to a guy from Virginia who had literally baptized 150 people mm-hmm. um, doing street evangelism during a time where like things were on fire yeah. and just right in the mess. It was it was really encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
take that side out of it and I'll get back to your actual question <laughs> here. Um, some personal things that I, uh, obviously reading from, uh, reading books, reading blog posts from people who are seasoned Christians, seasoned leaders within the church that are um, doing discipleship well with others and within um, have been really encouraging. Um, getting in the word, um, like on a, on a personal level, shameless plug for the One Step Closer app. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who don't know what that is, I'm sure that Patrick can put that in the notes. Sure, the show. <laughs> yeah. But the One Step Closer app has been a really good thing for me. Um, I've had apps in the past that will give me like, here's the scripture verse of the day, or here's uh, like one thing that you can do today. I've never had one that's holistic to where it's like, here's an active part of your faith, here's a le- learning part of your mm-hmm. faith, and here's like a uh, more Holy Spirit filled like. Uh, prayer life, that kind of thing, part of your day that you need to focus on. Mm-hmm. And just having that to form habits every single day was huge for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are, those are some of the things. Those are really good. <laughs> I think those are really good pieces. Yeah. Um, let's just do, uh, give somebody a shout out. What's, uh, what's one book that you've uh, really has stood out to you as a good one over the last couple of years? Yeah. Uh, Rob Wagner wrote a book called The Starfish and the Spirit. And I, Got to I got to meet Rob uh, because he works for Kansas City Underground, mm-hmm. um, which is a very f- similar philosophy to Church Anywhere. Um, they're at the beginning of Church Anywhere. There weren't a whole lot of us trying these like microsite things, and so uh, I've we ran into each other at a conference, and I immediately was like, I got to talk to this guy because he's amazing. He wrote a book last year called Starfish and the Spirit, and it's based off of a corporate book about. Um, like team leadership models. And he takes that and puts it in the context of Christianity and ministry. And it was a game changer. I, I read it and immediately made um, Ed and Randy read it too. So good. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, sweet. Uh, thank you for giving those rhythms and habits. I know that people are always looking for different ways that they can uh, relate with Jesus um, to, uh, to really have friendship with him. And I think there's always a good thing to, to hear how other people do it. Um, you talked a little bit about this earlier on, but I'd love to touch on it again. How can, uh, we as Christians come together to disciple one another? What things can we be doing? How do, how do you see discipleship best done between brothers and sisters in Christ? Um, I've talked to you about this before, but there's a group of guys on thir- on Tuesday nights that, that meet here in Corden. And they used to be a group of men that went to Branchville prison. Uh, so that's about an hour from us, and they would go in every Tuesday night, and they would meet with the guys and do a worship service with them. Um, and through that shared cause, like that shared interest in serving that group of people, uh, their relationships grew to become like actual community. So even after COVID hit and we would no longer um, allowed into the prisons, they still met every Tuesday night. And they started a group text thread, and I'm on that. And my phone blows up all day mm-hmm. because they're constantly, uh, it's, it's like the closest thing I can think of to the early church where mm-hmm. they're constantly praying, constantly in community together. Yeah. Like that's legitimately happening. I mean, right now they're doing a like countdown to Christmas and each day someone's taking a different day and doing a devotional on how to make this the best Christmas ever with the focus being on Jesus. Mm-hmm. They're praying for each other, um, not only in person, but constantly throughout their days. They're sharing their burdens with one another. It's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Um, I wish that we could get more and more into that. Yeah. So more people rallying around the things that they're passionate about, um, serving together and through that service, finding community with one another. My wife and I get to serve um, 
my wife serves at the jails on Monday nights and I get to serve at the youth shelter on Wednesday nights. And I'm in a group thread with the guys from uh, Wednesday nights, the guys and gals. And it, it's this very similar mm-hmm. vibe yeah. like, because we're passionate about Jesus and about these kids. Uh, we've become passionate about each other. Yeah. Yeah. Serving together always kind of creates that community. I love what you mentioned about uh, just the early church of, of really this Christian walk not being a thing that's um, tied down to Sundays or tied down to one time, but rather a holistic, lifelong friendship with other believers is something that's really cool to see firsthand. So that's, that's a really cool story of just those guys, even through bad circumstances, you know, mm-hmm. still still battling it out and still saying, we're still going to meet, still going to pray, still going to um, love each other yeah. well through this. That's, that's such a good uh, uh, story. I would love for you to give um, people listening to this, just if you had uh, one one fifteen second like motivation. One fifteen second like go do this, and it'll help you follow Jesus. Um, what's your What's your one thing that you would that you would tell? I went to Passion when I was in college, um, really shortly before I came to First Capital. And Francis Chan got up on the stage and he opened the Bible and he said, "I'm going to have a really short message for you. Uh, basically, open this up, read it, and then do what it says." Hmm. And uh, that was pretty much it. And I felt really gypped because it's an expensive co- uh, conference. Francis Chan was a big deal at that time. And I was like, what I go, come on, man, mm-hmm. give us more than that. But for some reason, that stuck with me mm-hmm. a ton. Like, what if we really did just like follow exactly what Jesus wants us to do? Like, what if we loved our neighbors the way that we're supposed to? What if we gave to those that needed? Uh, what if we went and visited the, the orphans and the widows and the, uh, the people in prison and all of that stuff? Like, imagine the culture if that actually happened. Um, and a generation of believers stepped yeah. up and just did what Jesus wanted us to do. Mm-hmm. Open the Bible, read and it. And read it and do it. Do what it says. Yeah. I love that. That's such a good place to uh, end our time today. Thank you, Tyler, for spending some time doing this. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Man, what a great first conversation to start us off on this journey. Open the Bible, read it, and do what God leads you to through that scripture. Really good stuff. If that conversation blessed you or helped you in any way, consider giving us a rating on whatever platform you're on or maybe even sharing us on your socials. As we are a brand new podcast, this would help immensely in helping people take one step closer to Jesus every day. We plan on having these come out on the last Thursday of every month, so our next podcast is scheduled for February 24th, so set those calendars. Thanks so much for joining with us today. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, I pray that you take one step closer to Jesus today.